Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Are you lonely? That's not a question of are you alone? Not everyone who is alone is lonely. And not everyone who is lonely is alone. So I'll ask again, are you lonely? Just pause and consider that question for just a moment. Are you lonely? In America, an overwhelming number of people report experiencing loneliness even though they're not all alone. And here's an interesting consideration. Because there's an epidemic of loneliness in the United States, if you are lonely, you're not alone in being lonely. Now, that is a curious reality. Um, So one person who identified herself as lonely, she's 95 years old and her name is Ruth. So 95-year-old Ruth recognized herself as suffering in the midst of the epidemic of loneliness in the United States. She acknowledged that she was lacking significant connection, that she felt sidelined, displaced, lonely. So Ruth, being who she is, suggested that she was available to help. I'm lonely. Other people are lonely. There's a loneliness epidemic. I'm a doctor. I could help. Her name is Ruth Westheimer. She lives in the Bronx. And yes, she's better known as Dr. Ruth. So last year, she pitched an idea. I'd like to play a role in helping New York deal with the epidemic of loneliness and isolation. It's a public health issue. It's been underscored by the pandemic. I'm a doctor. I can help. New York Governor Kathy Hochul said that the famed uh, Dr. Ruth, I mean, she's kind of known as like a sex sage. I don't know how else to say that, um, is, quote, just what the doctor ordered. Governor Hochul said, we need leaders like Dr. Ruth to help address this critical component of our mental health crisis. So this statement was issued last Wednesday announcing that Dr. Ruth is now New York's ambassador to loneliness. Dr. Ruth responded with one word, hallelujah, which led me to wonder, what elicits a hallelujah from you today? What might you hear or see or read or what offer might be extended to you? What invitation, uh, what invitation to be an ambassador would compel you to exclaim hallelujah? Now. That word might have a lot of cultural meanings, but the word hallelujah hallelujah has a literal meaning. It means something. Hallelujah means God be praised. It's an expression of glory to God. So Dr. Ruth 
exclaims, glory to God. When Governor Kathy Hochul of New York names her the ambassador to loneliness. Hallelujah. The first part, hallu, like hallowed be God's name, hallu. It's a form of the Hebrew verb hallel. And so hallelujah translates to praise Yah. So praise God. Carries a deeper meaning as well. Because in Hebrew, um, the halal is the joyous praise in song, the boasting in God. So I don't have any idea if uh, if Dr. Ruth Westheimer actually thought in advance about what she was going to say in response to the governor's announcement last week. But I appreciate that what bubbled up, what emerged from her, what she actually said was the most radically positive thing she could have communicated to people who are isolated and lonely. Hallelujah! You are not alone. There is a God, and He is good. He is real. He is present. He is active. He is worthy to be praised. He is glorious. He is good. Hallelujah! God is. God is with us. Let us praise God with joy today. As you have a sense of loneliness, even in the midst of a crowd, praise God. Sing hallelujah to God in the valley of the shadow of death, on the long road between here and the Father's house, when you walk in the company of many strangers, when you walk utterly alone, when you live in the midst of a perverse and sinful generation, as you go up to the house of the Lord in the company of many witnesses, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'll also confess I appreciate that her title is Ambassador. I am an ambassador, and so are you. 2 Corinthians 5.20 confirms it. Paul says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Hallelujah, my friend. We are not alone. God is with us. God has come to visit us in the person of Christ. And because of Christ, we are never alone. We are in Christ and we are with Christ and Christ is present with us until when? Till the very end of the age. So hallelujah today, my friend. Now last night, uh, I got a call from a particular 20-year-old. I won't identify her because I didn't ask her if I could tell the story. So got a call from a particular 20-year-old and she said, hey, can I talk to you about something? And I said, sure. She said, I'm confused. Um, there are some accounts that I follow on social media because I like their artwork, but recently they've been posting some things that I, I find confusing. They are things about Israel. I find them confusing. Is Israel really killing babies in hospitals? We talked about war. We talked about the reality of war. We talked about the reality of Israel. We talked about the reality of um, the Palestinian people. We talked about the reality of Hamas. We talked about the reality that people are dying, including the most vulnerable. Yes, some in a hospital, including babies. We talked about the fact that Israel has offered assistance in the form of, of, of fuel to turn the power back on or, um, or taking the, the most sick away in ambulances. But Hamas is preventing that help from reaching the Al-Shifa hospital. 
We talked about the fact that President Joe Biden disclosed in a call yesterday with the president of Qatar that one of the Americans being held hostage, one of the some 240 people being held hostage, is a three-year-old child, a three-year-old American child whose parents were murdered by Hamas terrorists on October the 7th. That three-year-old is not the youngest of the hostages. There's a nine-month-old baby being held as well. War is hell. And in war, hellish things happen. The Gaza Strip is being described by some as a hellscape. Pastor Hannah Massad is going to join us. He's the former pastor of the Gaza Baptist Church in the Gaza Strip. And we're going to get an update on Gaza. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Pastor Hannah, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. As a reminder to those of you listening, um, Pastor Hannah Massad, you can connect with him at Christian Mission to Gaza. And I can send you the direct link if you text me, 877-933-2484. Pastor Hannah, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Uh, Good morning, Carmen, and thank you very much uh, for the opportunity to share with you this morning. Absolutely. Um, I hear um, I hear fatigue and sadness in your voice. Um, maybe just give us uh, a few of your reflections on the past five weeks. Um, thank you. It's, it's very difficult, uh, very heavy heart. Um, yesterday, one of our members at Gaza Baptist been uh, shot in the street and left bleeding. And this morning she died without the ambulance able to mm. come to pick her up to give her the help she needs. So she died in the street, mm. as far as we know. So it's very difficult. Uh, and unfortunately, there is many people like that uh, in the streets of Gaza. Um, but like what I heard you this morning saying, the presence of the Lord, and this is really what uh, continue to inspire us and to encourage us that he's with us even in the darkest hour. Of our time, our Lord is not only powerful, but He is also close. He is Emmanuel, and this is what really continues to encourage us. So I really appreciate uh, the care of my brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, because this is really what uh, continues to encourage us in this journey of life and journey of faith, our trust in the living God, the good God in all the times, but also the prayer of my brothers and sisters. So... The situation, um, it's, you know, it's very sad, very, um, still the food has uh, become more and more limited and the water and the medicine and uh, our brothers and sisters, the Christian community, um, still in the churches, um, evacuated and just didn't know what would be next. Uh, but uh, trusting in the Lord. But uh, as I listen to them, also their their voices low and, uh, you know, uh, sadness and uh, grief. And so uh, our eyes continue on the Lord at this difficult time. I know that um, you have been able to, through a partnership with the Bible Society in Jerusalem, you have been able to provide meals um, to the Christian community that has sought refuge in the churches 
um, remind remind folks, um, it's not like there are a lot of churches in Gaza. There, there are three, and people are gathered in two of those, and one of those has um, been um, been been hit in the midst of this. Can you give us a status update? And then I think it's really hard for people to imagine, like how how is food getting to them? Like how how is aid arriving? You know, the aid which come from Egypt just end up in the south of Gaza, close to the Egyptian border and also in the middle, but it's not really coming to Gaza City. And the churches where our brothers and sisters evacuated, they are in Gaza City. So the food, it's basically what's left over. And so this is why it's Mm. become more and more limited. But we're very grateful that the Lord helped us. you know, a few days ago or several days ago um, to provide about 900, 920 meals, uh, rice with, with meat and uh, uh, for the Christian community and the people who evacuated in these uh, churches. And uh, God willing, uh, we continue to try to do that. And um, as we partner with the Bible Society where they have people on the ground uh, to do our best um, to help also with the clothes and whatever uh, other things we able um, to help with uh, at this difficult uh, time. It's just extraordinary. It's just extraordinary. Yeah. Um, when um, when you think about uh, what's happening in terms of protests, not only here in the United States. For those of you that don't know, um, Pastor Hannah now lives in Connecticut. I don't know if that's where we're talking. Are we talking with you in Connecticut today? Yeah, I'm here in Wilton. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Um, there are obviously protests here in the United States and around the world. Um, can you help us process some of that? You know, I think um, it's a good um, if we're able to share the truth in love, as able to express uh, uh, what's going on in a, in a way, it's in a balanced way. Of course, we're not for violence, not, uh, um, you know, um, me personally, I want security 100% for Israel, for the Jewish people, and also to have a home um, for the Palestinians uh, as well. And also, in order to be honest with you and with my brothers and sisters, uh, because sometimes uh, we didn't see the whole picture. And it's good, I think, for us in order to pray in a better way and more effective way to have a place in our hearts, um, I mean, as as believers, as believers in Christ, as a Christian, we love the Jewish people. This is where is our root, and we're very grateful how they brought the Old Testament and kept it all these years, and we're very grateful. But in the same uh, time, uh, it's good uh, to see the other side of the coin, and just, uh, you know, um, to have room in our hearts uh, as we love the Jewish people, but also room in our hearts to love the Palestinian people. Because as always I said, all of us are created in the image of God, Um, the children in both sides, if a Jewish child or a Palestinian child, all of us, Act 17, created from one blood. And I think as we see God in each other, I think it's good and important for us as a Christian to keep that in mind. Of course, as a Christian, we're not uh, for, you know, protest wears if it's a violence or which, you know, try to put the, the Jewish people down, um, you know, in any way. But in the same time, um, 
as as community, you know, international community, we need uh, really um, uh, to see the whole picture. And I will just say, uh, violence will never will be the solution. And I think and believe there is really a better way um, for the Jewish people and also for the Palestinian people uh, as well. And we, as followers of Christ, our ultimate goal is to follow him, and he's our ultimate example, that he never took a life of a person, rather he gave his life for every one of us. The Lord called in our life as followers uh, to be a peacemaker. And uh, this is my prayer this morning, uh, Carmen, that may the Lord raise um, a peacemaker um, around the world and also in the region, because, again, um, there is a better way uh, for everyone. And I hope and I pray that we, uh, as the followers of the Christ, support uh, um, that way, um, way of peace and love and uh, forgiveness, uh, uh, because this is really um, what I believe life is all about, um, to arrange our priorities um, in the right way. And when it's getting darker, uh, the light will shine more. And this is my prayer. God, help us as your children to continue to shine in the midst uh, of darkness. Mm, so good. We're talking with Pastor Hannah Massad, his book, Pastor for Gaza, um, I am happy to send you direct links also to Christian Mission to Gaza. We're going to continue our conversation here in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. We're continuing our conversation with Pastor Hannah Massad. You can connect with him uh, at Christian Mission to Gaza, CM the number two G, CM2G.org. I will send you that direct link if you're interested. Um, also a place where you can offer your um, your support. His book is Pastor for Gaza, um, and I am more than happy to send you that link as well. Um, Pastor Hannah, when let's look ahead for a moment. Um, let's look at. Let's try to look ahead a month. Let's try to look ahead a year. Um, what What is the future for the people and the place? You know where God has knit your knit your heart. Um, this place that we call Gaza. Um, it's really to be honest with you, Carmen. It's really hard to know and. Uh... <clears throat> I mean, at this stage, as you know, there's uh, thousands of people have been killed. <clears throat> and um, there's people being killed on both sides. And uh, there's more than 4,000 children in the Palestinian side being killed so far. Mm-hmm. And um, what is next? Uh, it seems uh, this is a long way to go, um, humanly speaking, unless there is um, divine intervention. And uh, this will continue 
um, unfortunately, uh, for a long time. So it's really hard um, to, you know, predict what is next. I mean, as you know, we as a Christian, uh, as I lived there, um, in many ways we uh, experienced oppression, experienced difficulties, um, experienced like second-class citizens as a Christian, and maybe some militants would see us infidel or people of blasphemy and so forth, and how we try to reflect God love in this difficult circumstances, and this is the desire of our heart continue um, to carry the presence and to reflect His love and to help not only the Christian community but the wider community. But what is next? Really, it's in God's hand, and we continue um, to seek Him and continue to focus, uh, keep our eyes on Him, even though we didn't able uh, to see, humanly speaking, the light in the end of the tunnel. Uh, but uh, we just continue to seek the Lord. I mean, like yesterday, uh, Sunday, every Sunday, even while here in the state, we have live Zoom with the church in Gaza, even though they're not able to connect because there's no electricity. But um, we have brothers and sisters from around the world who are from Gaza and who care about the church and who's uh, praying and intervene uh, in behalf of our brothers and sisters. So we continue to do that. Um, every Sunday, what is next? Again, you know, it's um, we really uh, didn't didn't know, but um, we know our Lord is a good God, and all the times uh, there's things we're not able to comprehend, um, but our trust on the Lord, even though we sometimes not able to understand why, why, uh, but as He was with us in the darkest hour of our life, he will be with us uh, today, and he will be with us tomorrow. Universally, it would be an easy uh, way uh, for us as followers, but he promised, like you say in the beginning, um, you know, that uh, we will never be alone because he promised uh, will be with us um, uh, to the end. And this is our faith, and this is our trust in the good, good Lord. Could we um, could we spend a moment uh, praying with you, um, and then you would pass uh, those prayers along and our concern sure. for our brothers and sisters in Gaza. Thank you, sure, Pastor. Sure. Yeah, thank Father God, we thank you. Um, we thank you so much for our brother, Hannah Massad. We thank you um, for all of the brothers and sisters in Christ you have knit to His heart in Gaza. Father, you know the circumstance of each one of them. You know right where they are right now in this moment. You know how much or how little sleep they got last night. You know how much or how little food and water they have or have access to. Father, for their daily bread, we pray today. For the living water, we pray today. For the light shining in darkness, we pray today. For you, the great physician, to tend to their physical needs, we pray today. You are such a good and great God. We ask, Father, that you would use these Christians in Gaza as shining lights in the midst of a very, very dark hour for their neighbors and for themselves. God, grant your grace. We recognize it is all sufficient, and these brothers and sisters need a fresh expression of your grace today. Father, for those whom you have uh, taken home during this, for the the sister who was shot in the street and 
no one was able to come to her aid. Father, we trust that in the same way that Stephen opened his eyes in the midst of his martyrdom and saw Jesus standing next to you, we trust, Father, that you gave her those kinds of eyes to see you as you walked her all the way home. So grant your grace even in the valley of the shadow of death in Gaza and take care of our brothers and sisters as they are your witnesses in the midst of all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hannah, um, thank you so much. Please, please come and join us again. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you for your thank prayers you. and your encouragement. And uh, appreciate uh, that our brothers and sisters continue um, their prayers for both sides because we have love for everyone. And this is really our call in this journey of life and journey of faith. Um, and, Amen. And thank you, sister. Amen. Amen. That's Pastor Hannah Massad. He's the former pastor of the Gaza Baptist Church. I can send you uh, direct contact info for the Christian Mission to Gaza, CM, the number 2G, cm2g.org. Um, uh, pastor Hannah is also the author of Pastor for Gaza, and um, that is a book that you could read to help you understand the context um, of Christianity on the Gaza Strip. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. So um, we're going to make a transition now. This is going to sound a little odd to you. So just prepare yourself for one of those odd transitions in conversation with me. Because this is when I have in my notes that I really want to sing the song that, you know, we sing when we're teaching children about the parts of their body. So um, you can do the one where you, you know, you put you put uh, your right hand in, you take your right hand out, you put your right hand in and you shake it all about. You do the locomotion and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Or you can do this one. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Sharon Janes is going to join us next. She has a 30-day devotional about praying for your children head to toe. And no, she's not as ridiculous as me, but I feel like I have set a mental hook that has made you now want to sing that song and pray for a child from head to toe. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Sharon Janes is joining us now. She's a well-known um, author of many, many books. Today, she is joining us with a absolutely delightful and precious offering. It's called Praying for Your Child from Head to Toe, a 30-day guide to powerful and effective scripture-based prayers. Sharon, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning. It's great to be here. So I love the way you describe prayer as a parent or grandparent's greatest superpower. Um, <laughs> talk with us about the battle we are in for our children and um, this particular positive weapon of prayer. Yes. You know, I was listening to your last segments, which was so powerful. And it was talking about, of course, the prayer, the the battle that's going on you know, in Gaza and Israel. And I thought, you know what, there's a battle going on for our children. It's, it's a different kind of battle. I mean, we see, you know, in our country, in our country right here, the school shootings that are going on, 51 school shootings, you know, in 2022. And I'm just thinking to myself, when would we even start counting that? I mean, it's just amazing. Mm. And we mm. see the suicide rate um, up since 2020 
that is the second leading cause of death for for kids from 15 to 24. So we see this incredible stress and this battle that is going on for the hearts and souls of our kids. But here's the thing, Carmen, uh, we see all this going around with the peer pressure and just the, all the all the struggles that they have. We have to go back and remember what Paul said, because Paul said that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realm. So I wasn't the first one to come up with this head and toe thing, because Paul did that when he was talking about putting on the full armor of God. Remember that, Ephesians 6, mm-hmm. starting with mm-hmm. the hymn of salvation, all the way down to the feet, shot with the gospel of peace. So um, he's telling us that our struggle right there is against flesh and blood, not against flesh and blood. Um, and then he tells us again in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And I love that word, those two words together, divine power to de- then to demolish strongholds. That word power there is, um, is dunamos in the Greek. It's where we get our English word dynamite. And you get dynamite from nitrogen and glycerin. You bring them together. Boom, you got you have dynamite. So what we're doing is we're bringing together the word of God and prayer. And boom, we've got dunamis power. So that is our superpower that God has given us to demolish strongholds. And um, we are we're using the word of God and prayer to fight for our children, the hearts and souls of our children. Now, a lot of times we don't know what to pray. But when you pray the word of God, you are praying the will of God. I love that. When you pray the word of God, you're praying the will of God. Um, If you've got a child in your life who maybe they're discouraged, maybe they've, maybe they're been racked with self-doubt. Maybe they've arrived at that place in middle school where they don't think they're good at anything anymore. Um, Sharon is a mama who has walked that path. And Stephen, her son, was that boy. And so in um, in praying for your child from head to toe, um, you really do learn from a mom who's been there how to pray um, for your child at every age and stage through all kinds of um, through all kinds of events and circumstances. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I really want that. I need that. We are giving away copies today of praying for your child from head to toe. Text the word book to 877 877- Nine three three two four eight four. Again, text the word book to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Um, talk with us about the landmarks of prayer. I I really appreciated um, this portion of the book where you just really help us understand, you know, like wh- where we are, where we're headed, and what are the markers along the way. Okay, you know, the the one reason I came up with this is that that when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. He gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer. Um, but if you go back and look at that, I don't think he was giving them a, giving us a rote prayer to say. It was more landmarks. It was like mm-hmm. you praise God, you thank God, you ask him to meet your needs, you know, all the way down. So that's what we're doing. These are just landmarks. And we're starting at the top and we're starting with the mind. We're praying about what they think about because we know what a child thinks about will determine what they 
ultimately are about. We're praying scripture and we're going through each one of these for 30 days, 16 landmarks for 30 days. And so the way it would work is you would have a scripture, for example, Romans that says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're going to pray that in for the child. Lord, as they're going about their day, I pray they won't be conformed to what they're seeing around them in this world today, but they will be transformed by what the word says and they will remember God's word and praying that over them. We're going to pray for their mind starting at the top then we're praying for their eyes what they look at it's the difference between what we see and what we look at so what we look at is what we're, we're staring at we're pondering that 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 video screen where that cell phone what are they looking at praying for their eyes praying for their ears what they listen to because we know for all of us if we listen to the wrong voices we're going to make the wrong choices so they got your eyes and your ears that's what's entering the mind through those two portals and then we're praying for their mouth these are the words that they speak we know that the bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue but i also want to say carmen here that as we pray this we got to know that kids are going to copy what they see their parents doing so remember mm-hmm. that monkey see monkey do monkey do the same as you right So um, they're going to mimic what they hear us saying that's coming out of our mouths. But we're praying for their mouths. Then we're praying for their neck. Now, the neck is what turns the head, right? Um, So it turns to the left or the right. I got that from, I I shouldn't say this probably, but Big Fat Greek Wedding. Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah, me too. No, (laughs) we are are walking the same path, girl. Absolutely. Go right ahead. (laughs) But but for those who don't know that, the the girl, the daughter was complaining that the husband's the head of the house, but the wife says yes, but the woman is the neck and she turns the head. But, you know, that is also. Any way she wants. Yes. (laughs) That's right. So scripture has a lot to say about this. It says, don't be stiff-necked. And it talks about the neck. And that's talking about decisions that we make. So we're praying about the decisions that turn their head to the left or the right. You know, don't you just sometimes wish we didn't have choice that God just made us automatically do exactly what we're supposed to do, but he gave us the gift of choice. So we're going to be praying for that with our kids. Then we get down to their shoulders and this is their their worries, their the burdens that they they have. They start very early worrying. And then it gets bigger as they get bigger. Test grades, are they too small, too too large, as you mentioned, if they feel like they're not good at anything. And kids today worry about sexual molestation, bullying, natural disasters. And now we're going to put pandemics on top of that. And they're worried about, you know, young children, especially they're worried about the war. I mean, they're hearing that. They don't know how far away Gaza and Israel is. They're worried, could that happen right here? So stress has really increased among among children in the past 30 years. So we're going to pray for them to give all their worries and cares to God for he cares for you. They're going to worry, but we're going to pray they'll know what to do with it. And we're going to pray for their heart, who and what they love, their back, their physical, spiritual protection, their arms. This is their strength. All through the Bible, we look at it says the strength of God is compared to his arms, the mighty arm of God. We're going to pray for their hands. This is their their gifts and abilities, their talents. They're going to pray for their ring finger. And I mean, as soon as my son was born, I was praying about that future spouse. So we're going to be praying about that person that that our per, our child will one day marry. And we're going to pray about their side. And um, the side is influential relationships. Who walks through life with them side by side? And I want to say here, Carmen, that I think a tendency is to pray that our kids will be surrounded by Christians all the time. But I'm going to say that there was an, I I became a Christian through a praying mother, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't my mother. So I was not raised in a Christian home, a very difficult home situation, but there was a mother down the street 
And I hung around with her daughter. She's one of my best friends. And that mother prayed for me, mentored me for two years. And I became a Christian through that mother. So as we're praying, and then here's the icing on the cake. My mom became a Christian three years later and my mean old dad three years after that. So all that to say, as we're praying for those those people that are in our, our children's lives, praying for those friends that come walking through the door that don't know Christ. Don't be afraid of that. So be, you know, praying for those people that are in their lives. So they were praying for their sexuality, praying for sexual purity and that there will not be any gender confusion, um, praying for their legs. This is how they stand on godly principles, because if we know that if they don't stand on the truth, um, the world is a very confusing place. And we, we know, Carmen, in our lifetime, we've seen what was illegal used to be illegal is now legal. What was wrong is now right. I mean, so it's constantly changing, but we have got to be standing on the word of God because that does not change. And we want our kids to know the word of God and stand on that. And if they don't, they're going to be just sucked into this undertow of uncertainty. So we're going to pray for that strong stand. Then we're going to pray for their knees. And that's their relationship with God. That's the, the most important decision they will ever make in their lives is whether or not to follow Jesus. So we're praying for for their decision to follow Jesus and then that they will continue to grow and mature in that. And that takes us down to the feet. And we're going to pray for the path they take. And we're praying scripture over each one of these areas. It's not my opinion. Um, we're praying straight scripture. So we're going to be praying that um, the path that they take today and tomorrow and just throughout life that they will pop, follow that path that, that God sets them on and that God's word will be a light to their feet and to their path. So that's the 16 areas. And I often say it takes me longer to explain it than it actually <laughs> does to do it. So don't let that scare you away. It takes about five to seven minutes to pray through each one of those 16 areas each oh, day. And it's so powerful praying for your child from head to toe. So each one of these 30 days has a passage and a prayer prompt for each one of those 16 areas um, of your child. Um, and so now that we've whetted your appetite, I know you want to enter the drawing for the copy of the books we have to give away today, praying for your child from head to toe. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. More with Sharon Janes in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. If you're a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome pack gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. Maybe you're wondering as a Christian how you can reach out to and influence others well, obviously, prayer is a very powerful way you can do that. And so who are you praying for? How are you praying for children on your street? How are you praying for the children um, who go to your kid's school? How are you praying for the children who you see at church? Um, there is power uh, in prayer because God is all-powerful. And so how do we set our children before the Lord each and every day? Obviously, we ought to be praying this way for our own children our grandchildren, our nieces, and our nephews, praying for your child from head to toe. Um, Sharon Janes has done it herself and makes it easy for us to do. And so we're giving away copies of this book today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. 
Sharon, um, I am a person who loves uh, appendices. In addition to loving books, I love <laughs> what authors stick in the appendices of books um, because I feel like those are the places where we put things that we want to say, but we don't really know how to say them in the context of the way we have unfolded the particular book. And so I really appreciated um, in the in the appendix that you include how to pray for healing for our kids, how to pray for salvation. Um, and then how to pray for prodigals. So can you unpack one of those for us today? Sure. Let's look, um, let's look at the prodigal. That's kind of a, um, good. you know, if you have children that are older, um, you know, I think that sometimes when parents are praying and they feel, you know, they don't, they see that they don't see a lot of results. Let's just say that, that they've, mm-hmm. they've prayed, they've prayed for this child their, their whole life. Um, and then this child just goes off the rails and and leaves the faith or seems to be headed that way. And it can be so discouraging. But I want to say something to someone who's praying for that prodigal right now is that when the disciples were questioning Jesus about about God working, the father working, Jesus said, my father is always working. He is always working. And I love that story of Joseph so much because we see um, that 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 Joseph had a vision or a dream about what his life was going to be like. And then over the next several years, it was anything but that. I mean, he you think about he was the, the dream was that his family was going to bow down to him one day. And then what happened next was that he was. You know, he was sold into slavery. He served as a servant. Then he was thrown into prison. And it looked like one bad thing was happening after another. But in every one of those situations, Scripture says, and God was with Joseph. Now, I don't think that Joseph was doing the happy dance and thinking, oh, praise God, he's right here with me. I'm so glad I'm in prison. I don't think he thought that. But but I do know that God was working behind the scenes and all of that to make Joseph into the person, to the man that he wanted him to be for the job that he had. So as we are praying for those prodigals, that's what I want you to keep in mind, even though it might look like that God is not working and you're like, God, throw me a bone. I mean, show me something that these prayers are working. Know that God is always working behind the scenes to make that child into the man or woman that he wants them to be. And I want to encourage you in that as you pray for that prodigal. Don't give up. Keep praying. There's uh, 10 scriptures in here to pray over over that prodigal. And and just know that you are not alone. I mean, studies show that 66% of young adults between the ages of 18 and 21 stop attending church. But we're going to pray that those prodigals will come back. Don't give up. Know that God is always working behind the scenes in ways that we may never know to make them exactly who he wants them to be. And I want to say this too, Carmen. If you think about in your own life, when you have grown the most, it's usually not during a time of peace. (laughs) It's usually during a time when we're struggling with something, when times are hard. And that's when, that's when I've grown the most spiritually. Mm -hmm. So if we see our our kids doing that and really struggling through something, know that God is probably getting ready to do some of his best work. So I want to encourage you in that. Keep praying for that prodigal to come back to the faith. And if you see a huge struggle going on, don't think God isn't working. He's prob- he is working behind the scenes. 
Yeah, and he's working from the inside out. And so there's a lot of it that we can't see that's going on. But, you know, God sees the heart. God knows what's going on in there. And, you know, God can massage that neck when it needs to turn. Um, and so I'm going to invite him. I'm going to invite him to be doing those things. It It is a relinquish relinquishing of control. I really appreciated that you highlight that frequently. Um, this is not about me praying my will over the life of my child or grandchild. This is actually me relinquishing them to the will of God. Yes. I mean, don't we, I mean, sometimes as parents, we pray, if you just do what I want you to do, everything will be fine. But that's not the goal here. The goal is that we want this, as I just said, we want that that boy or girl to become the men and women that God wants them to be. And that means we've got to relinquish control of it. We've given that to God. We're not, and with each one of those areas for their hands, for example, their gifts and talents, God, you do with that. Help us to see what you've placed in that child to with the hands, the gifts and the talents, not trying to make them into little mini-me's. And listen, this started 10 years ago. I wrote a book called Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe that is based on this same pattern. And if there's anybody we're not supposed to be controlling, it's our spouse, right? So then as I was writing this book, is it the same with their kids? Absolutely. We're not praying to get control of them. We're saying, Lord, I am not the potter. Can I hear amen on that? I'm not the potter. You are with this little lump of clay. Yes, I mold and shape, but you were the ultimate potter. And we're relinquishing control that you will make them into the person that God wants them to be. And Lord, we're also praying that you will give us the wisdom to know how to guide that child in that. Mm, so good. So good. If you're saying to yourself, hey, that lady's voice sounds super familiar to me. Mm-hmm. That's because she's the vice president of Proverbs 31 Ministries. She's the co-host of their daily radio feature. She speaks at their She Speaks conferences. Um, she's got, I don't know how many books, dozens, more than two dozen books. Maybe uh, you have read or used the book that I think is kind of a compliment to this one, Praying for Your Husband, from head to toe. Today, we're talking with Sharon Janes about praying for your child from head to toe. And let me tell you, if you're if you're just like on the hunt for a gift to give a mom or a dad who's got a child of any age or stage, um, maybe they are expecting a child. Like this is a this this book is a gift, and um, and so it would also make a great gift. Praying for your child from head to toe: a thirty day guide to powerful and effective scripture based prayers. Um, praying is not nothing. Praying is powerful. And so let us be praying for our kids and the kids that God has given us influence over in our lives today. Just text the word book to 877-933-2484. Sharon, what a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to encourage somebody to, if you might be thinking, I don't have much faith, I really don't know how to pray. You know what? That's okay. Remember the boy who's, who, um, Jesus was the father had tried to get demons cast out of him mm, and no mm, one could mm-hmm. do it. I've tried everything. Took mm-hmm. him to Jesus. Yeah. And then he said, all things are possible to him who believes. And he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. So you don't need a powerful, powerful faith. You just need a present faith. Just a little bit will do. And God said, just a little bit will do. Mm, I love that. It's like a red pepper flake. There you go. Um <laughs> Thank you, Sharon, so very much. Um, All right, friends, that's all the time we have together today. But thank you so much for investing this time. It's a gift. 
Um, Your presence here is a gift. I receive it as such. I hope that God will use what you've heard today, not only to bless you, but to extend his blessings through you to others. I'm thinking of the way that on every Shabbat, um, parents, Jewish parents, bless their children by name, each one with the hand on the head and, um, and bless them and call forth the best in them and God's blessings over them. Let us be, pl- be praying today for our children from head to toe as well. Um, I'm hoping that you'll do that right now, that you'll just take a moment and visualize a child you know and pray for them from head to toe. And then acknowledge that you too are a child of God. And it's okay to speak these blessings and these prayers over ourselves. The Lord bless you and keep you, my friend. His face is shining upon you and he's singing over you even now. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.